Well, hello everyone, how are you? It is great to have you with us on this very, very special weekend. If you're a guest, we're so glad that you're here. I can think of no better weekend to be at Cross Timbers in a weekend that begins with the celebration of new life as we watch uh, people profess their faith in Christ and be baptized, and also as we uh, wrap up our weekend together as we do once a year, every year, with a celebration offering. Now, for some of you who may be new, we, many of us have been praying and uh, thinking about how we might be a part financially of a celebration offering, an annual uh, offering that we receive together. I was thinking just a couple of days ago, after 19 years of receiving celebration offerings, it'd probably be good for me to stop for just a moment and let you know why this is such a big deal to us, why this time is so much more than a financial transaction. That sounds like a good idea to everybody. So before we receive this, let me just share my heart with you about a couple of things. Number one, the song that we just sang, we really believe to be true. We are in love with Jesus, not because simply he's sending us to heaven, but he's showing us how to find an abundant life on this planet. We believe that with all of our heart. We believe that much of the teaching that we read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is not simply about a life that is to come, but it's about abundant life right now. And so we take very seriously, especially these little parables that Jesus tells, when he talks about, he begins in saying this, the kingdom of God is like. And he's not simply speaking of eternity. He's saying, this is how the kingdom on earth works. This is how I have designed this invisible kingdom to work in our lives. And when we begin to enter into it, although it seems unnatural at first, we see God do unbelievable things in our lives. I think about this story in Matthew 25 that I did not understand for most of my life. Matthew chapter 25, Jesus is telling this little parable about the talents. How many of you have ever heard the parable of the talents? Lots of you at all of our campuses have heard this little parable. And the parable begins like this. It says that there was, uh, it, again, it, what's it? The kingdom of God will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money. Everybody say five. To another he gave two. Everybody say two. And to another one, one. Everybody say one. Each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once, put the money, his money to work, and he gained five more. So also the one with the two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. And so you've got this interesting story about this master who decides how much ability, talents, gifting he's going to give to each one of these people. And then he goes off for a while to see how they manage what he's given them. Everybody with me? And so Jesus concludes a parable saying this. He says, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you've entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. Everybody say a few things. Faithful with a few. I will put you in charge of many things. Somebody say many things. You've been faithful with little things. I'm going to give you many. Come and share your master's happiness. 
And the story goes on to say the man with two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I've gained two more. His master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. Few things. I will give you, I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Don't miss this. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting what you, where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seeds. So I was afraid. Everybody say afraid. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well, then... You should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have at least received it back with interest. And for the longest time, I thought the story was about money. I thought it was about generosity. I thought it was about stewardship. It's not. I'd heard preachers say and had begun to believe that this really is a story about spiritual gifts. I think God doles out spiritual gifts, but this story is not about spiritual gifts. You know what I think this story is about? I think it's about one thing. I think it's about risk and reward. Now, I want you to stay with me for a moment. I don't know if you have a financial plan. I don't know if you have a financial planner. I don't know if you're an investor. You don't have to be any of those things to know this to be true. That when you're looking for a worthwhile place to invest, you've got this side of the continuum is risk. And this side of the continuum is reward. And any financial planner, no matter what you're considering investing in, will tell you that a good investment is one that has the lowest amount of risk and the highest amount of reward. Everybody with me? Like what you're looking for is a low risk, high reward investment. Ross Perot said the greatest mistake he made in his life was not buying Microsoft when it became available to him. Why? Because they wanted 20 million. He only wanted to give them 6 million. He thought that the reward was not worth the risk. He made a $750 billion mistake. Young investors, if you read stories, there's story after story of bad investments made usually by college finance majors who think they know more than they do and they take the little bit they have and they put it in a very risky, very low-reward investment. And so everyone's looking for this High, this low-risk, high-reward investment. It is the sign of success. You with me? This is true in corporations, organizations, what they're looking for when they're deciding what product are we going to launch? What, what, what kind of new business venture are we we're look, They're looking for the thing that is the lowest risk that can bring them the highest reward. And there's nothing wrong with that kind of thinking. It's just backwards in the kingdom. This story is a story of investment where Jesus is teaching the crazy idea that in the kingdom of God, the risk 
is the reward. That in a world that says look for a low risk and a high reward, God says the higher risk you're willing to take, it is in the taking of that risk that God rewards your faith in supernatural ways. He takes your little and he gives you much. That in the kingdom, the risk is the reward. And many times we find ourselves stuck because we're taking this very important financial wisdom and trying to apply it to the kingdom over and over again. We have watched in the lives of people who have risked their time, their giftedness, and even their money. And they've lived with open hands before God and God has come and done in their life immeasurably more than they could ever ask or imagine. We believe that what Jesus is teaching here is simply a better way to live. And when he says, come and enter into my master's happiness, he is not talking about heaven. He's saying that a life that is willing to be fully surrendered to God is a life worth living. It's just a better way to live. It's a story about this risk and reward and beginning to understand that the one thing that will keep you from the abundant life that Jesus has promised is fear. Do you see it in the story? What's the difference between the third guy and the first two guys? The differentiating factor is, I knew you were a hard man and I was afraid. Your perspective about God will determine your willingness to risk what he's already entrusted into your care. And the end result of that is not about simply about eternity. It's about the abundant life that God is inviting you to in this moment. Now, I'm just telling you, we watch this happen all the time in the lives of people. here. I think about... Uh, one of my two favoriteest granddaughters, I only have two, my, but my oldest granddaughter, Evie, and I, I think about, we have this little thing going out at our house. We live on a lake, and we have a dock, and all the grandkids will come, and they're running and just wanting to jump off that dock into the water. For some reason, I can't ever get Evie to jump. So I'll be in the water, come on, Giddy, and Giddy's like half linebacker, so he's sprinting from the other side of the deal, and jumping in with both feet and laughing and splashing. Evie, you want to come jump to Papa? Not right now, Papa. Not right now. What, what, what if, you know, and I start negotiating with her. What if I did this? What if this? No, Papa, not right now. I'm not ready right now. I don't want to right now. Um, I try to count. How about if we count? One, two. No, Papa, don't count. That, I don't like, that frustrates me. That, that frustrates me. It's her word. It frustrates me. And, uh, you know, you live in that little tension of trying to stretch her and not push her, right? But I'll just never forget that we've had this thing going all summer long. And I'll just, one day I'm in the water and I'm splashing and around with Gideon and a couple of the other kids and their little floaties. And I see Evie sitting there on the side of the dock. Now listen to me, she's not miserable. She's just missing the best part of life at the lake. Not because there's anything wrong with her it's what fear does 
And I think one of the greatest gifts that I can give you here as one of the leaders in this church is an opportunity to jump off the dock into the water and to trust your Heavenly Father. Because the thing about this principle of risk and reward and the risk, you can't sing about it or just study about it. You actually have to do it to experience it. But don't miss, if you miss anything, don't miss this. At its core, it's a story about investment and a risk and reward, but it's also a story about rate of return. It's also a promise about God's return on your investment. That the promise of your Heavenly Father is that when you are willing to take a step off the dock and jump into the unknown, that the one thing you will never have to doubt is will God bring a good return on that investment? And I think this is what moves me so much as I stand here every year around a time that we call a celebration offering. It's because I feel like I'm that sleep number commercial where they say, so you think this is going to help me sleep better? And they say, no, you can pro- I can prove it. And I feel like that every year because of story after story of what you guys have done and how we're watching it be multiplied and leveraged out in the kingdom. Can I tell you a little bit about your return on investment? Just look up wherever you are. I want you to look up at the screens. This is McKinsey. Uh, McKinsey Underwood was a part of our school of ministry in 2018. She's an English major at TWU, and she serves on our worship team lots of time at Denton, lots of times at our other campuses. And she says the one thing that she learned in the school of ministry, listen to this, was the importance of intentionality. And that she wants to be intentional in her life. This is Avery, Avery Oaks. She was a part of that same class at the school of ministry. And uh, she just started her first semester at Dallas Theological Seminary. She's one of the five women, listen, f- one of five women who is in the Master of Theology program. One of five came out of this little school. She serves uh, on the CT College lead team, and she says it's changed her life. She found not only her passion, she says, but her gifts and abilities. And she got to preach for the first time. Look at me, everybody. She's going to preach to thousands, not women, believers. The Lord's opening doors for her. This is some sweet Savannah Smith. She was a part of our 2017 School of Ministry. And she said she never dreamed that she would get to see life change happen daily and be a part of it. And watch how the Lord is working in her life and he's building her faith. This is Madison. Madison was a part of our last school of ministry 2018 or two years ago. She serves on the creative leadership team for CT College. And uh, she said that she's seen her skill in marketing be used to literally draw people for the first time. College kids especially uh, here and be introduced to Christ this little girl is one of my favorites. This is Mallory Tivis Lopez. She grew up in our church family. She's a missionary with YWAM. Travels around the world discipling young people and 
sharing the good news of Jesus, her and her husband going places that, quite honestly, I'm not sure I'd ever go. And uh, she's a little girl of courage and faith. And then this next one, let's run to the next slide because I'm not sure which order my pages are in here. They go, this is Jeremy Crump. Jeremy Crump is a serve team member in the healing place. He's one of our lay pastors there that is in, in is a growing group of pastoral counselors. And, you know, he gave his life to Christ at the pit over at UNT at one of our Easter services. And uh, he's just been on this journey of, he talks about financial peace and going through getting healing, uh, father wounds healed in his life. And uh, he said, man, his goal every day of his life in the marketplace is to uh, make their conversations about them. And then he's seeing how he can use this place in the marketplace to really change the lives of people. And then there's Megan Elmore. Some of you may know Megan. She's a missionary at the Mansa Orphan Center in Zambia, Africa. And uh, she goes there and she teaches the love of Jesus to these sweet little orphans. And she feels like God is placed in a position or to make a difference. Now, think about generations getting changed because of someone who would feel that call. Many of you have heard me talk about Kayla Schroeder. This next picture, Kayla and I have known each other for over 20 years. And I've watched her through the years. This shy, little introverted, quiet lady who has a passion uh, to help women find answers who are in uh, having pregnancies and found alternatives to abortion. And thousands of women have been changed because of how God's used Kayla. Michelle Connor, this next one who's a part of the, our Cross Timbers family, she started a ministry that she felt like the Lord spoke to her as she was on a run one day. It's called Grace Like Rain. And uh, families who've suffered homelessness who have one of the parents incarcerated or have been devastated financially, they provide housing for them. And they're in the middle of, they've already funded and are, are, are in the middle of constructing a, like a, a part of the Denton community that's going to be a housing place for these kind of people. And uh, it started here in our heart. This is Scott Weisenbaker. That I think his video from last weekend on our Facebook page and some of our social media channels, it's, it's been shown and, and viewed more times than any I can remember in recent history, and it really warms my heart. Because you heard the story last week of his, his tragic death of his wife and, and his battles with addiction and how God's leveraged all of that now for him to be really one of the most influential people in this part of the state of Texas in addiction recovery. What you don't know is the lunches that I had with this guy when he was just starting were not asking for anything, just in conversation. He was wondering, like, how he was going to pay his rent at, at the end of the week. I mean, he was standing in between what God says and what he was seeing, but he was willing to risk it. That's the reward that we all see today. He's heroic to me. And then this is Aaron Dietz. Aaron is one of our facilitators for Difference Makers U, and he's a pathway coach. And he said since coming to Cross Timbers, what he's found is that God can use his natural skills and gifts and abilities and cultivate them in a supernatural way. And back in the marketplace, he's using the principles that he's learned in Leadership Academy 
and through some of those efforts that he's using that to affect his little corner of the world for Christ in the marketplace. And I'm so grateful for Aaron. But the culmination of it all, not better than all, I mean, God's worked in all, the culmination of it all for me in all of this is this next young man. It's Cole Ragsdale. I can't tell you how much I love this young man. He lost his daddy last year. Tragically, suddenly. But because God had used some of the people in leadership, in our leadership academy to build into his life, he had built a leadership team that when he was away in this sudden moment, the college ministry took off and started to grow with him not here at the opening of the year. Next year, he's going to graduate. This year, I guess. No, next year, he's going to graduate with a master's degree. And uh, we're praying that he's found the love of his life and he'll probably begin another life that won't happen here. But I'm telling you something, the ripples of Cole's life in the lives of thousands of college kids in this area all started because he was the first intern in our Pastor Dongo School of Ministry. Those stories of these lives that ripple and get changed and legacies that change and generational change, like that only happens because somebody decided to take a risk. And that is our reward. It's stories we know and stories that we'll never know. I just tell you, I believe with all my heart that the best days of us equipping and releasing thousands of these kind of people are in front of us, not behind us. And I am convinced that wherever God has led you to give in this time of celebration offering, some of you give online, some of you brought back envelopes, some of you give cash in this moment, however you choose to do it, I'm, I'm just telling you, I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt uh, that there is a supernatural multiplying effect of God taking our little old cornbread gifts and multiplying them into the lives of people. I think this is how we change our little corner of the world, is investing in men and women, young and old, helping them be equipped for every good work and then being their greatest cheerleaders, their greatest supporters, as we release them back in their communities to make a difference in people's lives. So I'm going to pray. Our ushers are going to come. We're going to receive our offering. As many of you know, on these weekends, we say everything given over and above our regular weekly need is going to go toward this effort in 2020. And uh, so whether, however you want to give, I just want to encourage you by faith to know that you have a good father who is the giver of every good and perfect gift, and he is according to meet everyone. He is able to meet every one of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So can we just thank him together for what he's done and believe together that greater things are coming, that he's in the releasing business. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much. I wish I had more time and more pictures and to tell more stories. Uh, to remember that uh, the stories that we tell really have never been our stories. They're your story. It's, a, it's, it's always been about you. 
And I'm grateful, Lord, for a church family that has embraced, not endured, but embraced the opportunity to build into next generation leaders. I'm grateful for a church that sees the greatest opportunity for ministry to be outside of these four walls, equipping marketplace leaders to make a difference in their corner offices, in their cubicles. I am grateful, Father, for the way life is being spoken into stay-at-home parents, where potential is being released into college students, where light is pressing against darkness, where you use the craziest, most heartbreaking moments to do your greatest work in our lives. Lord, I pray that you would raise up a hundred more Cole Ragsdales, 500 more Avery Oaks. I pray, Lord, for a thousand more Jeremy Crumps. I pray, Father, you would do immeasurably more than we could even begin to ask or imagine because we believe that your power is at work among us. So we thank you for this opportunity, not for a financial transaction, but for just a step of faith, believing that our best days are ahead. And I thank you for it all. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.